Should you buy now or should you wait? When is the best time of the year to actually buy real estate? In today's episode, we're going to be talking about seasonality. We're going to talk about when the most appreciation actually comes into the market to help you become the educated home buyer. This is the Educated Home Buyer with Jeb Smith and Josh Lewis. Josh, let's take a minute here and talk about seasonality. Seasonality is a traditional piece of the puzzle when looking back at real estate. And over the last couple of years, we've seen some changes in that traditional flow of real estate. But taking it back a little bit, let's talk about appreciation. When is the best time of the year to buy a property if you're planning on doing it and how that might affect you if you're actually out there trying to pull the trigger? If you ask the average buyer, the average person out there, hey, is there a seasonal component to real estate? They go, oh yeah, obviously. People want to get the kids in school, so they want to complete their move before the summer is over. And also, most people, especially if you're in a heavy winter area, don't want to be out looking at homes with snow drifts four feet high. First of all, because it's not fun, but more importantly, because you can't see the house. You don't know what the yard's going to look like. You don't know what condition the roof is in. All sorts of things can get hidden under a layer of, of snow and weather. So from that perspective, we're all aware that post Super Bowl is when listings in a normal market start kicking up and post maybe 4th of July is when they start trending down. And that really kicks in in the fall. But what we're going to talk about today that's probably more important, because who really cares? Hey, more homes sell in May and June. Who cares? Do they sell at higher prices? The data indicates that they absolutely do. So other things being equal, if we're in a flat market or if we're in an appreciating market, you're going to want to move your timing around that. And certain people are looking at it differently. Part of the genesis of this episode here, Jeb, as I told you, talking to some borrowers, listeners to the show in Massachusetts, and they were saying entry level, which for them near Boston is anything under a million dollars. So it's nuts. Everything has five, six, seven, eight offers. We were thinking we're going to wait it out. We're going to sit and we're going to do this in September, October, try and get in before the holidays because there should be less buyers out there. So we're going to talk about both the sales volume. So if there's less competition in terms of demand, is there less choice, less uh, options to choose from in terms of homes on the market at that time? And more importantly, are you likely to pay more at the end of that spring, summer buying season than you are at the beginning? No, it's a good point. Most people, again, understand the idea that real estate starts coming to the market in the months that we're moving into right now. Oftentimes, people get the summer confused with the spring in the sense that summer gets the accolades for being the hottest time of the year because that's when everything is finally closed. Those transactions that were started back in April, May, and June are finally starting to close in June, July, August. So it looks like the summertime is the hottest time of the year when in fact, the properties actually went under contract three to four months prior to that. And so why is that the case, Josh? We've talked about it. There's a component when it comes to weather. There's a component that the kids are, are starting to get out of school, vacations. A lot happens during those summer months that if you don't have kids, if you don't take vacations, you probably look at this and go, it doesn't impact me. I don't care. Well, a lot of people do because it does impact the willingness for somebody to actually spend the time during those months to find the school district and all of these different things that impacts their lives in other ways, that happens during those months. And we hear it all the time, people saying, hey, listen, the this, this spring is just too crazy. There's just too much competition. I don't wanna deal with that. And I completely understand that. We oftentimes talk about some of the best times of the year might be to buy real estate in 
those winter months. But at the same time, you're also losing a piece of the puzzle when we talk about that. And I think that's really where the conversation needs to go, Josh. Do you lose by actually waiting for less demand out there in the market? Well, from an agent's perspective, trying to find a property, the big thing is post-pandemic. So from March of 2020 on forward, we have had a trough here in inventory or homes to choose from. Inventory is a fancy word for saying homes to choose from, choice as a buyer. A home we talk about here on the the show all the time is a very important decision. You don't want to get pressured into it because it's not like a pair of jeans. You might buy an expensive $250 pair of jeans and hate them. And you're mad that you wasted a good chunk of money, but it's not the end of the world. You do that with a $500,000 house and it costs four, five, 6% in transaction costs to get out of it, plus transaction costs to buy a new one, you're going to be stuck and, and trapped there. So there's that inventory component that comes into play that even in a normal market, we come through those months, there are less sellers that want to deal with. And I guess you have one third piece that we didn't talk about. We talked about the weather. We talked about kids and the timing of their school year. I think there's a third part to it in just the cyclical nature of our lives. What happens in the first quarter? Well, it's a new year. It's a new beginning. We got New Year's resolutions. We got goals. And for a lot of people, that's buying a home. And for some of them, they have to sell a home to buy a home. So it's sort of natural that it doesn't happen right there at the beginning of January. But a lot of the prep does. We start getting calls. You start getting calls at that time of year. Hey, I might want to list my home in a month or two. Hey, I might want to buy a home in March or so. We look at that and go, okay, cool. Let's start the numbers. For me, I'm a numbers guy. What can you do? Now we start saying, when can you do it? And if the answer is anytime you want, we can start tomorrow or we can choose any time the rest of the year, that inventory, the seasonality in terms of homes available for sale, you're going to have more homes to choose from in the spring, which will happen even this year in a low inventory market, but you also have more demand, which means more competition, more buyers out there to fight against. And that is where you and I are getting these questions. Should we go out and and fight the herd or should we wait until later in the year? So in the real world, realize you're only selling here in Southern California. Southern California is a little different because we don't deal with the weather seasonality, but we're going to see two studies showed here that it doesn't really matter. Even weather-free environments like California, Arizona have the same seasonality that we see in other parts of the country. But with that, how does that impact that process for a buyer? Do they just step in and buy whenever the right home comes across and they win the bidding war? Do you put it off? Do you wait? What is your strategy or what do you advise buyers that are looking at this market? I'll touch on that. And you also brought up another point that I want to touch on. But before I do that, I want to take a minute here and ask a favor. If you find any value in the content that we do here on the channel, if you're listening on audio only, you can rate us and review us. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can hit that thumbs up and subscribe to the channel if you like content like this. Both of those help us get out to more people and help us accomplish our goal of educating homebuyers. So Josh, you mentioned a moment ago, the impact it has on our lives. I I want to back up to that because you you talked about the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the year, a lot of people are trying to figure out their taxes, right? Taxes are a big component when it comes to people buying homes. Some people are getting a refund. Some people are self-employed trying to figure out, hey, do I have to pay taxes? Where do I stand? And so you lose the first couple of months of the year to some degree with that happening. At the same time, we talked about school, kids, vacations, all of that. So if you start to look at that, you lose a good portion towards the end of the summer. And then you move into that fall 
market, that winter market, when there's holidays going on, there's Thanksgiving, there's Christmas or whatever it is you celebrate, there, there's that component. So people aren't looking at properties. If I'm a listing agent and I'm talking to somebody looking to list their house, typically I'm saying, hey, if you're looking to list it during that period of time, depending on your goals, it may make more sense to wait because of the cyclical flow of the market. So once you factor and take out all of those months that we just talked about, you're left with like four months of the year when it's the hottest time of the year. Part of that is us as listing agents pushing people to say, hey, listen, if you're going to do it, this is the time of year to do it because you have the most eyeballs on the property, the most demand. We often talk about exposure drives demand, demand drives price. So the most exposure is going to happen in the spring market. In turn, the most demand sees it, in turn, higher prices. So we look at that and go, this is when it's the best for you as a seller to put your home on the market. Now, the other side, you ask a question, what do you say to sellers in an environment like this? You know, our show is often telling buyers buying when it's the right time in your life, buying when it makes sense financially, you've got all the pieces of the puzzle, the foundation laid, so to speak. But more importantly, once all of that's done, finding the right home. If the right home comes on the market now, and, and it's the one you've been looking for, especially in a low inventory market, you almost can't afford to wait because the likelihood of something like that popping up again, and it sounds crazy. It sounds like, hey, Jeb, you're just saying you need to buy a house because it benefits you. No, understand, we've been dealing with this low inventory environment for two to three years. I mean, we were dealing with it prior to that, but it's really, really concentrated and really obvious right now if you're a buyer. I mean, I've got buyers looking in Fountain Valley, Josh, and they're also looking at Aliza Viejo, two different markets entirely. They have a budget up to $2 million, and literally there is nothing on the market that's worth seeing. We have a friend here in, in Huntington that's looking for four to five bedroom house to, to fit his, his family that's growing. There's nothing out there. There is just very little inventory. So- when one popped up on the market yesterday, the conversation is, hey, I want to go see that property immediately because he's in a position where there hasn't been opportunity. So I don't think you can afford to wait. And I want you to touch on the piece of sometimes it doesn't make sense to wait. We talked about the idea of people not wanting competition and not wanting to deal with the, the craziness of spring. But there's one thing that we didn't really get into a lot of detail there, which I want to throw your way is when the appreciation is gained. The appreciation a lot of times is gained in the first part of the year. So by buying later, you're missing out on that potential gain. And that's where I want to throw it your way. So there's there's two elements to that conversation. So just to put a bow on what you just said, the folks I was talking to in Massachusetts, I said, here's the deal. I would not wait until fall to start looking. You may not end up buying until fall, but just exactly what you said, Jeb, you could miss out on two, three, four, five properties. You could miss out on the perfect property. It's sort of like saying, hey, I'd like to get married in December, so I'm going to start dating in October. You don't know. It is that important. I mean, a house is not quite as important as picking a spouse, but it is very important. It's a big financial commitment. It impacts so many things in your life that starting to look does not mean I'm committing to buy. Yeah, it's going to be a little frustrating uh, in the spring season when demand is at its highest, competition is at its highest, but it opens you up to more opportunities and choices. So maybe you do not end up buying until the fall, but by starting to look now, you at least have the option if the right property comes along. So the second piece there is what you said. What do the numbers say? Because do we really care what supply and demand looks like through the course of the year beyond the extent to which it impacts 
prices. So logically, we would say if inventory starts picking up around March, maybe even as early as February, buyers have got their New Year's resolutions, they've got their taxes done, they've got a refund coming, they've decided they're going to buy. So both supply and demand are increasing, they should be in balance, theoretically. So we talk about supply demand balance, neither one in and of itself tells the story. Over the last couple of years, we've had demand go way down due to affordability, but prices haven't come down because supply has also come down. So when they're in balance, you don't see much movement. But we have academic data that tells us that we don't see in a year that we have 3% appreciation, we don't perfectly see a quarter percent every month. What happens is those months when the market is super active, really starting in May, all the way through about August. Now remember, those that are closing in May, when did they buy? They, they put that under contract in March, April. So really right that exact timeline that we're talking about. Home comes on the market, gets listed in early March, couple of weeks of back and forth, it goes under contract and it closes in May. That's where we start seeing the majority of the appreciation. So I could not find, someone did this research about 10, 15 years ago on just California. And this is where I saw it the first time, Jeb. And I was like, that's shocking to me because I know I've always had buyers that are willing to buy in December and January because our houses are not buried under snow. So why wait? Just do it whenever it, it happens. But the research we're going to talk about, there was a study in 2009 done by a couple of economists called Kaplansky and Levy, named Kaplansky and Levy. And their conclusion was that the real rates of return, so real rates of return that's adjusted for inflation, are very low and even negative during the fall and early winter and relatively high during the spring and early summer. So that spring and early summer buying season is when we see the majority of the appreciation. Now we had a better study that was published in 2013. So it's 10 years old. We don't have anything more recent, but it covered a very long period yeah, of time. I, I want you to pronounce their names too. <laughs> Miller, Saw, Sklars, and Pampulov. Ooh, How about very, that? Did I, did I get, them, get them pretty close? So let's look at what their conclusion. And they reviewed 138 core-based statistical areas across the United States because they looked at all the research that came before them and said, we haven't seen anything broad-based. It's kind of regional or it's the 20 big markets that Case Schiller covers around the country. Let's get a broad cross-section of the entire United States. And what they found is that there's a little bit of a weather component, but it didn't impact it as much uh, as they thought. Areas that are defined as tourist areas, so you say Orlando, Florida, they don't have as much seasonality. They're more likely to sell throughout the year. But absent that, they found a, a strong seasonal correlation. So when I give you these numbers, remember that this is not saying that in December home prices go down, that it's saying what percentage of the appreciation in any given year is allocated to any month. So what they found looking from 2001 to 2012 across those 138 markets is that on average, January had negative 2.78% contribution to that year's appreciation. And February, about the same, negative 2.67. March, negative 1.45. April, negative 0.13, so basically zero. May, we start to see it pick up to positive 0.93. June, 1.93. July, 1.85. August 1.57, and then September 0.77. Then we get to October, November, December, it was 0 0.25, 0 0.21, and negative 0.41. So when we, we look at that, it tells you that starting in May through September, you're getting about 85, 90% of the appreciation. So does that mean that you should rush out and get whatever home you can under contract in March? Absolutely because not. 
Exactly. That is the correct answer. Because at the end of the year, you want to have the right home. And if it means paying 1% more for it than if you had bought it two or three months earlier. But again, going back to, to our couple in, in Massachusetts, if you wait till the end of the year, you don't even have the opportunity if the right property comes along and is at a lower price. And if you're saying, hey, I'm avoiding the bidding wars and the frenzies of fighting these people, well, their impact on the market is already going to have been felt. So we probably should talk, Jeb, that this was measured from 2001 to 2012. Well, if we remember 2008, 2009, and a little bit of 2010 were very down years. Mm -hmm. And it was shocking to me. They have a chart. We'll throw the link so you can see this whole study and see the chart we'll do that it they on, have. on uh, Spotify as well. We'll put a link. Okay, in. so it's 16 pages. It's super academic, but the charts in there are awesome. Because what they found is that in those years where the market was doing really bad, that seasonal impact was even worse. You could get a bigger discount in the slow months and you would pay a bigger premium in the, the strong months, the spring and summer. But the crazy thing is that was just saying homes were going down in 2008, 2009. So they were going down a lot less in the, the spring and summer and they were going down a lot more in the, the fall and winter relative to a, a normal year. So this is across markets. And where are we at right now? We're coming off a couple of crazy years in 2020 and 2021, really sort of a transitional year in 2022, 2023, we're up about 5%. Most experts are predicting anywhere from say one to 6% appreciation. So if we say 3%, we're going to get that 3% appreciation across those five or six months in the middle of the year. So if you're looking at a $700,000 home, in February, that home is probably 720 or so by the end of the year. Now, I don't have a crystal ball. We don't know that. That's extrapolating and going sort of the, the wisdom of crowds, the mean expectation of so-called experts. And I think that's reasonable. I'm worried we're probably going to see a little bit more than that, maybe 4 or 5% appreciation. But $20,000 is, is real money in the big picture when you're trying to make financial decisions above and beyond not giving yourself the opportunity if the right home comes on the market in April, May, June, and you're not even looking. And, and I want to play the other side just for a moment because talked about the idea of buying a home in those winter markets, right? So what I've seen, again, the last couple of years are the black swan events, the ones that we, when we look at the graph, we throw them out because if we took those over the last 30 to 40 years, they're way out of whack when it comes to what has happened. Outliers. They're outliers. That's the word I was looking for, actually. Have you ever read that book? Yes. Oh, it is dense. Never mind. So going back, those are outliers. So if we take those out and we look at that time of the year, I often say that could be an opportunity for a buyer. Just because if you have your home on the market that time of year, it usually means that you're somebody that needs to sell a home. That's what I've kind of added it up to over my career of 20 plus years in real estate mortgages. Like if you're listing your home during that period of time, you want to sell it. Maybe for tax reasons, it needs to close by the end of the year. Maybe you have another home under contract, whatever it is, your home is on the market for a reason. Therefore, if you're a buyer, typically less buyer demand, and it, it could be an opportunity for you to get that property at a discount. So not always going to work out that way, but I would say jumping in, early in the year to get that appreciation. There's definitely a benefit to that if you can find the right home. But if you don't find the right home, like Josh said, there's no pressure to do it just so you get the appreciation. And there's always that opportunity that later in the year, maybe that there's a you get another go at it where you can take some of that appreciation that was gained early in the year off the table because a property can't sell. So we're not saying this to say, 
you need to do X or Y. It's just, hey, this is typically what happens. And because of all of the things that we're talking about today, it impacts demand. All of the things that we're talking about impacts your ability to get an offer accepted, your ability to compete. And I think that's the important piece for a lot of people out there is understanding why things are the way they are and why things change. The fall winter market when things slow down doesn't mean the market's changing. It just means this is something that we see every single year. We see these ebbs and flows. In fact, we have chart after chart after chart that show this waveform of what happens in real estate. And so we're now coming out of one of those slower times of the year, and you're likely going to see real estate pick up over the next couple of months. And with that, there's going to be opportunities out there. So if you're a buyer, you need to start thinking about that. If you're somebody that's going to be buying a home, even if it's three, four months from now, you're early in the process, start going through that pre-approval process. Start finding your real estate agent. Start having that conversation so that they know what you're looking for and you can confirm that you're approved. And so you're ahead of the, the game versus waiting until you see the right home and then kind of backtracking and trying to do everything all at once. If you're one of those people and you're starting that process, not sure where to start, you need a real estate agent and you need a mortgage professional, there's a link in the description below where you can get in touch with one of our referral partners, somebody that we know, like, and trust that can guide you through that process. So Josh, when you hear all of that, what are your thoughts? It circles back to this big debate. If you go out on YouTube, one of the clickbaity titles mortgage and real estate YouTubers have been throwing out there recently is worst real estate advice ever. Marry the house, date the rate. And you say, is it the worst advice ever? There's a component of it is that is assuming that we know the future that there is an opportunity to divorce the rate and find a, a new guy or girlfriend interest rate in the future. So you cannot base your purchase decision on this belief that you will absolutely be able to lower that payment. But when we're looking at this, we have people regularly tell us, Jeb, hey, I believe rates are going down. So I'm going to hold off and I'm going to wait until October. And by the fourth quarter, Fed's going to have cut a couple times. Rates should be lower. And if rates are a half percent lower, I will be able to afford more home or I will be more comfortable with that payment. But we're seeing here with the seasonality, as long as we don't have prices decreasing, which it doesn't appear as though we're going to see, if they're going up two, three, four, five percent, that five, six, seven hundred thousand dollar house is going to be ten to twenty-five thousand dollars more expensive after the spring summer buying season than before. So it doesn't mean force your hand, you have to jump in, do it when the time is right. But that is, is what, what I look at. If you believe rates are going lower, that is not a reason to hold off. That's a benefit to buying now when prices are lower. And if you end up being wrong, you need to be sure that you can actually afford and you are comfortable with the current interest rate because we have no guarantee of what that's going to look like going forward. So I have those pieces. Another thought while you were talking that came to my mind, Jeb, is I have people all the time. They're like, oh, my lease is up and I'm going to extend for six more months because it gets me a lower price. Well, again, you're in that $700,000 price range. If it's going to be $20,000 more at the end of the year, it would be better to go month to month, even if that means a three, four, five dollars $500 increase in the monthly rent, which I do see fairly regularly, to give yourself that optionality. Again, it doesn't mean that I have to go out and buy a house right now, but we're in a very low inventory market where you do not have a lot of choices 
and finding the right house is a very important choice. So give yourself as much flexibility and as many options as you can and understand the cost of everything versus just the cost of the immediate thing, like going month to month or going on a three month lease uh, extension versus a 12 month uh, extension. There's a million little things that come into that, that we have to look big picture. And this is still a, a strange and difficult market where you need to have as much flexibility as possible. No, I agree. I, I think one of the problems, Josh, if we can name it a problem, is people with the idea that, hey, I'm going to buy a house and then they're going to start paying attention to the price every day like it's a stock. Like you can just turn around and sell it if it goes up or goes down. That's not how it works, guys. You're essentially putting a roof over your head. You can either do that in a couple of different ways. You can pay rent. You can live at home if that's an option for you or you can have a mortgage. And once you have that payment in place, you just have to focus on making the payment, right? You don't have to focus on whether the house goes up or goes down. Nobody comes in and takes your property if prices go up or they go down, right? It's your house with a 30-year fixed rate. That is one of the benefits of home ownership is that you are fixing that payment and you're avoiding any potential rent increases. So just keep that in mind as you're out there buying. Focus on what you can control. Focus on buying when it's the right time in your life. And don't let all of the headlines and all the craziness interfere with you making a decision that only really affects you, right? There's a lot of opinions on what you should be doing, and none of those other opinions really matter. All it really matters is how it impacts you on a day-to-day -day basis. So if you're doing that, you have that longer-term time horizon, you're going to be really solid at the end of the day. So if you're one of those people, you're new to the podcast, go and check out other episodes. We've done a lot and talked about a lot of things that you can focus on to put yourself in the best position, not only to get your offer accepted, but to help improve your credit, put you in the best position possible. So when you're talking to that mortgage professional, you're getting the best rates out there. But Josh, throw it your way to wrap this up. Big picture, what do we know for a fact? We know that there is seasonality. So in the spring and summer months, you're going to have more options to choose from. You're also going to have more competition. And that's consistent across all markets. If the market's up, the market's down, those things are going to be true. Now, in terms of the price you're going to pay for a home, it's going to be less at the beginning of the year and more at the end of the year because that middle five, six months is where we see 80, 90% of the appreciation. In a current low inventory market, keep your options maximized so that you don't feel pressure to move within a certain window, to have to buy at a certain time of year. So don't let your professionals, mortgage or real estate, friends, family, pressure you into feeling like you have to do anything at any given time. Fall back to our fundamentals of buy when it's the right time in your life, when you have confidence, but in a inventory constricted market, give yourself as many options as possible and as wide of window as you can so that you can make sure you find the right house with the right terms for you. Great advice. Along with that, be patient, right? It's a changing market. Not a lot of opportunities at the moment. That will change. There will be opportunities, but make sure you're putting yourself in the best position to take advantage of that when they present themselves. Till next time, guys, buy right, borrow smart, build wealth. Adios. Amigos. Thanks for listening to The Educated Home Buyer. Want to connect with us or to a local expert in your area? Please reach out at theeducatedhomebuyer.com slash expert. If you found any value today, please be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. In addition, we ask that you share it with your friends and subscribe to us on YouTube. And make sure to follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening.